and it start and it begin at the 18th verse. Amen. And it says, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And along and going on from hence, he saw other two brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their net. And he and he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Amen? We're going to start at those verses, and I want to speak with you for a few moments on this subject, uh, the fisherman's net. Okay? The fisherman's net. Now, it may seem a little weird or strange to you what, that we are talking about a net, but you will see the significance of the net, amen? And here we find Jesus, first of all, we find Jesus now is beginning his ministry. So he is beginning to choose those that he desired to be his followers or his disciples, amen? And disciples means one that has been trained or has been taught to do the things that Jesus has done, amen? So he is now uh, taking choosing his disciples. Amen. And you will find out later on that you and I are a part of that discipleship of Jesus after we have accepted Christ as our Savior and we have been engrafted into the family of God, then we have became a part of that discipleship. Amen. Amen. And so here you find Jesus is beginning to uh, choose them and preparing them for uh, discipleship. Now let's take a closer look at the net. Okay? I, 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 we know who Jesus are. And so we want to look at a net because we know what fishermen are being in the, uh, the country and around water all the time. We know who fishers are. We know what they do. So let's look at the net real closely. And here we find in this story Jesus is using the story of a net. Okay, a fisherman's net to uh, give us a spiritual story. In other words, Jesus is using what we call or the Bible call a parable. What is a parable? You don't have to answer that. That is a rhetorical question that uh, I will ask the question, then I will turn around and answer it. Amen? Now, a rhetorical question or a parable is this, is when Jesus uses something that is physical or something that is tangible to relay a spiritual message. Amen? In other words, what he is doing, he is using something that you can identify with. And us being in the area where there's a lot of fishermen, there's a lot of water, people is always fishing, and we know that people... Uh, goes out and catch various different kinds of fishes, and they'll come back and prepare and sell it. And this is what these guys was doing for their life living. But after they have accepted Christ as their Savior, then their life changed completely. 
those guys may have never went back to their norm of fishing. Amen? Just like you and I today, once we have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we begin following Him, then our life is no longer ours. Our life was no longer the same. Our life has been changed. Why? Because we are now followers of Christ. Uh-huh. So now, let's, let's take a, a closer look. Let's go to St. Matthew's, the 13th chapter, the 13th chapter and the 47th verse. Amen? And it reads, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net. All right? Unto a net. They go that word net again. And you and I, let me just explain something to you. You and I, when it talked about the kingdom of heaven, you and I, we are heaven's kingdom because the word of God or God says the kingdom of heaven is what? Within us. So we are his kingdom. He are talking about the people. Most time when people talk about heaven or the church, we, first thing we think about is a building. It's not, the building is not the church, people. The building is only a structure that holds the church. Amen? That, that's all it is. Nine times out of ten, what we would do if somebody would go out, if we would be in the street somewhere, and somebody would say, where is the church? Immediately we would appoint to some building. That's the church. No, that's not the church. We need to understand exactly who we are before we become the followers of Christ. Amen? We need to know that we are the church, not this building. Because when Christ comes back, he is not coming back for a building that made of sticks and stone or brick. He is coming back for that live church. All right? You and I. All right. So again, the kingdom of God, of heaven, is like unto a net that was cast into the sea. And gathered every kind. Let's stop right there for a second. Every kind. We'll just talk about every kind when it comes to that net. Just like the fisherman cast his net out into the sea, he may brought out, he might bring back all kinds of fish, all types of fish, all species, right? So what the net is considering, what God is saying here is that when we cast our net, or our spiritual net. We just like those fishermen had a physical net to catch physical fish. God has given us a net to catch uh, people or catch other members of the, to bring into the family. And that net that we have is the word of God. God has given us the word of God that we may go out and witness and, and to others that they may be brought into the family of God. Amen? So now, and when it says all nationality, it means all nationality of humanity. For some reason, when we go out witnessing, 
We seem like we are afraid of people. We look at their face and say, oh no, I'm not going to mess with you. But guess what? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and what power and of song mind. Then what the song just said a while ago, it says, what? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I be afraid? So we are not to be afraid of the people. Our job, people, is to go out and capture the hearts of men. Because if the heart of man don't be changed, the man will remain the same. Ah, ah, y'all don't, y'all, y'all don't hear me this morning. Y'all don't hear me this morning. But here's what Christ is saying. Christ is actually telling us in the form of a net that we, his followers, we are his people, we are his kingdom. In order for us to uh, uh, help the family of God to grow or help the, uh, bring in new members, we must go out and do a work. Ah, that's something we don't like to hear. When it comes to working, we don't like to hear. But what happens, we think that it's all about the pastor. Oh, no, you can't kill the pastor because the pastor have all of us here to help her. He has all of us here to help him. Understand what I'm saying? So, so God is telling us here in the form of a net that we have a job to do. So it's us. But the reason why, one of the reasons why we don't like going out and witnessing to anybody, and this may seem kind of harsh, but it's the truth. It's because we don't study the Word of God enough to know anything, and we don't get the Word of God deep down inside of us, so we're afraid to go out and witness if they're fearing that somebody's going to embarrass us. We are supposed to know the Word of God like we know the back of our hand. So that when, how are we going to expect or how do we expect to help or be of any help to anyone? Because guess what? The world is sick. The world is not only physically sick, but the world is spiritually sick. And the world, which is the people out there in the streets and the highways and the byways, they are looking to the people of God for help. But when they see us acting the way we do, Guess what? They said, well, I can stay where I'm at. So we, we need to change. Our life needs to change. If we say that we are followers of Christ, then let's be followers of Christ. Ah. Uh, so now it says it gathers all kinds, every kind, every nationality. See, for some reason, we like to go out and we want to witness to those that we already know. People, let me show you something. If I'm already saved, oh my God, if I'm already saved, or this brother is already saved, in the way, why am I going to witness to him? He already know Christ. Go out in the highways and byways and get those that don't know Christ. Come on, y'all. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Come on. That's, the, that's our job. That's our job. Amen. So, all nationality. Don't go and get the ones that you know, the ones that you feel comfortable with. Go and get those that you don't feel comfortable with. Go and get those that you feel that it's going to be hard for you to communicate with. Because I truly believe this. If you go and get someone that, or talk to someone that is hard, or you feel that it's hard for you to communicate with, God will give you exact words to say to that individual. And when you pray, and ask God to lead you 
God will lead you to exactly the individual or the place where he wants you to be. Every time. Every time. Let's look at Matthew 22. Matthew is the 22nd chapter. Matthew is the 22nd chapter. And we will begin around the ninth verse. Amen? Matthew, the 22nd chapter, around the ninth verse. Now watch this. He is not telling, he is not telling the unsaved man or the ungenerated man to go. He is talking strictly to his church or to his people, to his followers. Remember what I said earlier. We have been engrafted into the discipleship once we have accepted Christ as our Savior, right? So now look at what he said. He said, in the 22nd chapter of St. Matthew, the family of God is like a big wedding feast. It's like a big family gathering. But now, look at what he said in the ninth verse. He said, now, he was looking, he was looking, searching for people to come to the wedding feast. Now, look at what he said to his followers. He said, in the ninth verse, he said, Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, Bid to the marriage. What is he saying when he said bid? In other words, our job is we were to go to the, through the highways and the byways, through our community, and remember every man is your neighbor. Just not, it's just not the house next to you, but every man is your neighbor. Go to them. Bid them to come to the family of God. Give them the invitation. Every man on this earth. That's why Jesus Christ went to Calvary Cross, gave up his life, and died that all of us may have the right back to the tree of life. So we must give them all the invitation to come to Christ. This is what it says. All right? No, no, special, indiv- no special individual, but all. Then it goes on to say, number 10, 10th verse. So those servants, again, that's us. We are servants of Christ. Amen? And let me explain something to you. Because folks come to service on Sunday morning, and I always say this. Where are you going? I'm going to church. You going to yourself? We are going to service. All right? The church is coming together for service, for worship, praise, and service, and instruction. And when we have received the instruction, then we are not to go home and sit down on it and then get up Sunday morning and come back to the house. What did you do with this instruction that you have received on last Sunday? Did you give it out to anybody? That's our job. That's the reason why we come to service on Sunday. And in order for us to serve God, we need to learn to serve man. Don't get this thing in your head, well, he is a man just like me. No. He is, especially if he is a sinner man, 
If he is a sinner man, he is not a man like you because you have been picked out. You have been chosen by Christ. You, your life has been changed. He, you are a special man. And it's your job to give them, the world, the invitation. So when we come to service on Sunday and after we have been instructed, then we are supposed to go out and empty ourselves into the world, inviting someone else, telling them about Christ, letting them know that Christ still saved, letting them know that he is a healer, letting them know that he is the great I am, letting him know that he is everything you need, letting him know. And then, after that, now after you have been emptied, then you come back on the next Sunday and you get refilled again. So what? You can continue. And it's a continual revelation. Every week, you go to the gas station, just like our cars, we run up and down the road, we go to work, we go everywhere we need to go, and when that needle gets close to empty, what we do? We pull into the gas station, right? Well, it's the same thing with the place, the house of God. On Sunday, we need to learn when we come into the house of God, we come for worship God, and once we have received the instruction of God, we need to go to work. Go to work. Go to work. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered unto, gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. You see that? Both bad and good. Because guess what? God got a whole house full of bad children. Now tell me he don't. Tell me he don't. He have a whole house full of bad children. Why? So we can't just go to the one that we think was good. We got to go to the good and the bad. We got to learn to look beyond their fault and see that they need. We need to look beyond their fault and see that we were once in this position where they were because we were not all good. Because if I were to tell you my life story, you would say, ain't no way you was like that. But I won't go there. All right? I won't go there. But we need to learn to do the work of Christ. Don't think that all I got to do is come to the house of God on Sunday and I'll make it in. Yeah? You may make it in. But guess what? We all are going to be rewarded for the work that we've done. Now, after you have done all that, then you may, like most of us will say, we don't like doing anything anyway, because the first thing we say, well, what's in it for me? You'll find out. Amen? So it says, they went out to the highways and byways and found both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with death. In other words, we as the people of God, we are the disciples of God. We are to go out and invite people to come into the house of God. And I'll guarantee you, when we put our hands to, to work and stop being afraid and stop sitting back thinking that it's all about all the pastor's uh, job to do, guess what? The house will be full. Mm-hmm. The house will be filled. All we got to do is bring them, let the pastors 
preach the word of God to them, and then the word of God will do the rest. We don't have to worry. We can't save anybody, y'all. Because it took Jesus Christ to save us, so it's going to take Jesus Christ to save them. We can't save anybody. So we need to stop trying to be Savior and just be a disciple. Ah, I know y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Let me show you what you really are. Because people, we don't really know who we are. Who are you? I'm a Christian. Born, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Ain't never said one thing, but I'm a representative of Christ. We are Christ's ambassadors, y'all. Just the same way that he had those disciples back then to be his followers, his mouthpiece. We are Christ's ambassador. We are his mouthpiece here on earth. All right? We are his mouthpiece. So stop shutting up. Don't be so quiet. The world says what they want to say. They act up the way we want, and we act like we're afraid to talk about God. Somebody meets meet you on the street and says, Brother, you look familiar. Are you, are you saved? The first thing we do, we got to look around and see who's looking. We, I don't have to look around to see I'm looking. I thank God that I'm saved. Yes, I am saved. Huh? Don't look around. The world don't look around when you ask them a question. They say what they're going to say. They say what they are and proud to be and proud about it. So why can't, why can't we be proud about what we are? We are ambassadors of Christ, and I can prove that to you. Now, what does an ambassador do? Take our government, for instance. What do our ambassadors do? When the ambassador leaves this country and go to another country, they never speak about themselves. Oh, I know y'all don't hear me because you're quiet. But the ambassador never speaks about him or herself. They always speak about the one that sent them. So when, while we are ambassadors of Christ, when Christ sent us somewhere, then we have to talk about him. It's not about you, it's not about me, but it's about Christ Jesus. Oh, now watch this, watch this. We say that we have been changed. We are ambassadors of Christ. Our life has been changed. Let's go to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and I'm about done. I'm almost done. A few more and I'll be done. 1 Corinthians 5 and we'll be reading out or 2 Corinthians excuse me, and we'll begin reading at about the 17th verse. I want to show you something. It says, Second Corinthians, 5th chapter, begin at the 17th verse. Are we there? And it says, Therefore, if any man, okay, if any man Woman, boy, girl, child, all right, be where? In Christ, all right? And a lot of times, why we are so embarrassed to say that we are a Christian is because of the fact we say we are in Christ, but guess what we're doing? We're actually straddling the fence. Come on, y'all. 
Come on, y'all, y'all, you know I'm, talk, I'm talking right this morning. You're straddling the fence. You're not where you're supposed to be. That's why I say if any man be, what? In Christ. You can't be in Christ and in the world at the same time. You got to make a choice. He said, if any man be in Christ. Now, if you are in Christ, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you are in Christ, you will be up front with your fellow man. You will be straight with your fellow man. We would not be lying to one another the way we do. Okay? I know, I know it's tight because you, you, you're getting quiet on me. But guess what? It's right. We, for some reason, we say that we are Christians. We love Christ. But yet, we'll turn around and lie to one another. Why can't we be true to one another? If I ask for something and you don't want to give it to me, don't say, well, brother, you know, you should have asked me a little bit earlier. No. Just tell me, yeah, I got it, but I ain't going to give it to you. It's yours anyway. Come on now. Oh, but now, look at this. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creature. All right? Watch this. Old things are what? Passed away. In other words, the old things in my life, the old way I used to be, I used to be an old liar. Not me now. I'm just saying. I used to be an old liar. That's supposed to be gone. If I was a drunk, that's supposed to be gone. That's why it says what? Old things. My old habit. The way I was ready to cuss you out and wait for your mama and daddy come to cuss them out too, that's supposed to be gone. Because now, if I'm in Christ, guess what? I'm a new creature. My attitude, everything about me has been changed. People like to make this excuse. Well, you know, God don't take away everything at the same time. Sometimes he just work on you. No, he takes away everything, but guess what? It's you. You won't turn it loose. Somebody, please, please, please prove me wrong. When I came to Christ, Christ removed everything out of my life right there. I stopped going to midnight club. I stopped midnight rambling. I stopped chasing women. I stopped doing everything. But the things that you hold on to, those are the things that Christ doesn't do. Because guess what? He gives us a choice. If you want to hold on to it, you're going to hold on to it. But guess what? You're going to suffer for that thing in the end. Oh. So now, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things. And that's a very infinite word, y'all. All. When, when you see the word all, it don't leave out nothing. Nothing. You take everything. All right? All things become new. All and all things are of God. Who has what? This is what I want to get back to. This is what I really, this is the meat. And all things are of God, not us, but of God, who has reconciled us unto what? Himself. By 
Jesus Christ. What the word reconcile mean? Reconcile means that I once had you within my grasp. All right? Now something happened and you is gone. You, you left. When I reconcile you, that means I go out and I get you and bring you back into the sheepfold. That's what reconciled me. Our God is bringing us back. Because remember, man has failed, so now God is bringing them back to the sheepfold. Amen? Bringing them back. So now, we have been reconciled back to God and God did it by himself. And then he turned around and gave us the ministry. Uh-oh, you don't like to hear that. He has given us the ministry. Now, let's look at that word minister. Everybody say, well, I ain't no preacher, so I ain't no minister. But you may not be a preacher. You may not be the minister that has been called to, to carry the word, I mean, well, to stand before a crowd, to preach the word. But guess what? God has given you a ministry because there's a ministry inside of each one of us. He has given us, okay, let, let's go back and read it all. I want you to understand this thing. And all things of God are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And has given to the ministry, uh, uh, given what? To us. Has given to us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. It's your job to go out and get them. It's your job when someone leaves the body of Christ. It's, our, it's all of our job to go out and find that one individual. The Bible talks about how Jesus... When he had 100 sheep, one sheep was lost. He left the 99, he left the 99 and went after that one. We are not supposed to lose anyone. One soul that is lost is too many. One soul. So we're supposed to go, leave the 99 and go after that one. Now, I must say, all the time when you speak to people or you say something to people about God, you give them the invitation, sometimes they may not accept. But guess what? You leave it like that. God, let God deal with them. Since I've been in this ministry, y'all, I tell y'all the truth. I have been cussed out to my face. I have been, people have actually Slap at me and tell me to get away from it. But guess what? That's all right. I shook the dust off. I left it at that because guess what? Now the ball is in their court. They're going to have to make a decision. And that's what we must do. When people deny the word of God or, or don't accept the word of God, when we tell them about God, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Because they, 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 they mistreat Christ, they're going to mistreat us too. Oh, boy. So now, he says, he has given us, unto us, he has committed unto us the word of what? Reconciliation. What is the word of reconciliation? The Bible. The word of God. 
You use the word of God to reconcile people, not the way you feel. Because the way you feel might not be the remedy or might not be the medicine that this individual needs to bring them back to Christ. Amen? So you use the word of God. And if you use the word of God, I guarantee you, you will bring them back. Not you, but God will bring them back every time. Sometimes people are hurting and they just need to hear a word of encouragement. Sometimes they just, they just look for somebody to, to talk to. Amen? So we can't be afraid. Go out. It's our job to go out and reconcile or try to reconcile people back to Christ. Now then, let me prove something to you. Remember when I told you that we were Christ's ambassadors? Watch this. Now then, verse 20, now then, we are what? Come on, speak louder than that. We are what? We are ambassadors of who or for who? For Christ, not of ourselves, not of the pastor. Our job is to go out and teach people and invite people to come to God. People are hurting, y'all. The world is hurting and they are looking for answers. And what better place for them to come and be delivered than to the house of God? But it's us. I'm going to say something here. And I'm not giving anybody any credit because these people are cults. But let's look at the Jehovah Witness. They are are out there early in the morning. I mean, they be knocking on your door. You still in bed, and they're knocking on your door, waking you up. Well, if they could do it and they're couch, where us? Where us? Oh, we sleep. I get up. Oh, it's just eight o'clock. I got to be to work at nine. Five minutes to nine. Oh, I got to be to work at. Uh uh. Come on, y'all. Where us? We need to be out there on Sunday, on Saturday morning, knocking on doors. Huh? I know. We need to be out there knocking on doors on Saturday mornings. Before I left Charleston, I used to get up on Saturday morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. I had a big old box of tracks. I would start in Mount Pleasant. And by the time I get through, I'd be in North Charleston. Giving out tracks, talking to people. And I'm, I'm getting ready to start that again. Right here in my, in, in, in my, in my home in Batesburg and down here in, in Spartanburg. We need to start getting out there. That's our job. Oh, boy. So he has given us. Now, then we are ambassadors, what? For Christ. As thou, as though God did, what? Beseech you. By us. Look at what it says. Though God, what? We seek you. In other words, through us. God used us. And God is begging you and asking you, please come back. Come back to me. God is standing there with his arms wide, stretched wide. Just waiting for someone to come, come back home. But it's us. We have a job to do. When Christ went back to his father, he told his disciples that the work you see me do, you will be this work and greater because I go back to my father. Well, guess what? It's the same thing today. 
we can do great. We are not doing greater work than Christ in the sense of uh, 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 miracles, but we are doing great, greater work than Christ as far as abundance of work, longevity, I would say, because we are here, we are here longer. We have time. Amen? So we, we, we need to do this. Think about it. Think about what we do on the weekend. Think about uh, uh, the things we need to be doing or we could be doing in, in our lifetime. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in what Christ said, be ye reconciled to God. All right? That's what we're supposed to be going out doing. We, are, we have a job. In other words, God has given us that net, that same, like that net that the fishermen had back during the days of old. We now have a net that calls the word of God. And we are supposed to take our net and we are supposed to cast our net out into the world because the world is many. The world have many nationalities and we are supposed to catch them all. And when we catch them all, y'all, we do not. We do not separate them. We bring the bad and the good and allow God to do the separation. No. And I'm, I'm about done here. I'm about done. But let me remind you. I want you to think about this deeply. What have I done for Christ lately? We always say, God, I want this. God, could you give me this? And I know I'm guilty too because I ask for stuff too. And then when I get through, I got to think, well, what did I do for God today? I asked him for all this stuff, but I ain't never asked him, well, God, what would you have me to do today? We need to stop being so selfish and ask God, God, what would you have me to do today? Where, would you, where do you want me to go today? You see what I'm saying? That's what we need to do. Stop being so selfish. And think about what I said. We are all Christ's mouthpiece here on this earth. Think about what you are doing. Think of what you have done. 